What awesome parents we have in this church, eh? Especially (laughs) in-laws. Speaking about (laughs) in-laws. Sit back and relax because you're about to hear from mine. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Paul. Here comes the word. Hey, thanks, Reese. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hey, that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. He's doing well, isn't he? He knows he's got to butter us up. If he, no. <laughs> hey, that's good. Very proud of my son-in-law, all my children, my awesome wife who stood by me for years. Lord, help her. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us, Lord. You said we're two or three are gathered, and there's more than that here this morning. The, you, you are here in the midst, and we honor you as the King of kings and Lord of lords. We want to hear from you this morning, and we just thank you for touching us with your love, with your goodness, coming all the way from heaven to reach us, to lift us back to the Father's house. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So good to have you all here this morning. It's so exciting being a Christian, isn't it, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just loving our theme this month, Outward Focus. You know, as a church, we're outward focused. But as individuals, each one of us need to be outward focused as well. And I just love Reuben's message last week. You know, he talked about Naaman, and he talked about the one who was Naaman turned into a yes man. So often in life, it's all about I, what I want, what I feel, what I think. Isn't it? It's all about me. We start off that way, a little one's... Just from a baby, we're born, the Bible says, in sin and shape and iniquity. Sin is simply just selfishness. But through life, we come to realize that we have a great need of the Savior. Praise God, and praise God if we do. We have, we have a glorious message of the gospel to take out to the community. So uh, hopefully here at Excite, we're not all about I and what I want and what I feel and what I think, but we're all about our Savior. We want to exalt and honor Him and lift Him very high. <coughs> Hallelujah. Now, we're going to be reading in Luke today, chapter 10. I just want to put these on so I can see you better. <laughs> and while you're turning to Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, I'm just going to tell you a bit of the background here. It's one of my favorite stories, the story of the Good Samaritan. And um, Jesus is talking and moving among the people, as he always did. And uh, he comes across <clears throat> this very clever bloke one day called Levi. Well, I've named him Levi anyway. He was a lawyer. He was a lawyer. So I've called him Levi. And he came along to Jesus one day and he said, Teacher, what what, what can I do that I might inherit eternal life? Now, you know, Levi was very clever at school. He was more clever than the other boys at school. And he actually, uh, you know, sometimes a question would be asked. And uh, Levi would look over to the teacher and, uh, you know, the other kids would look at him. Levi must know this, you know. And he, he was as proud as a peacock, Levi was. You know, he could answer those questions. Sometimes he even laughed when the other boys were asking questions. And he thought, oh, that's so easy. They don't even know, do they? You know? But here's Levi, right at the forefront. He became a lawyer. And he stood up. I'm just giving you a bit of background. Don't take that as general gospel, but it's just a, just a thought. <laughs> he stood up. And I'm sure everyone looked at Levi. Here we go. Levi's got something important to say. And so his chest out. Out, out the front, you know, proud as a peacock, what can I do that I might inherit eternal life? So Jesus, being wise as he, he was and always is, he's very wise, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look through the Gospels and see some of the answers he gave for things, he was very, very clever. 
He says to him, and he always meets people on their own terms. He says, well, what, what does the law say? How do you read it, Levi? And he says, well, the law says, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. <sighs> See, I know it. Levi, good on you, Levi. You're doing well. <laughs> so what did Jesus say? He said, you've answered rightly, Levi. But then he said something else. He says, you do that and you'll live. Not just know about it. You've got to actually do it. Oh, poor Levi. Suddenly, he remembered those court cases. We'd been paid a lot of money just to, uh, to uh, send someone to prison. And he knew in his heart that they weren't really the ones that were in the wrong. But because of the money he'd been paid, you know, suddenly he realizes, I haven't been doing it. Whoa. Suddenly, this guy, proud as a peacock, suddenly is deflated. And then he's struggling. Suddenly he's on the back foot and he's struggling to justify himself. And he says, and it says here, willing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor then? That's the way I'm putting it anyway. Who's my neighbor? Who's going to be neighbor to me? You see, it was all about what can I do. Now it's who's going to be my neighbor? wonder if we're like that sometimes, eh? Have you found um, Luke chapter 10, by the way? Do you know where it is in the Old Testament just after? Uh, no, it's not. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the New Testament. Of course, you all know your Bible well here. Luke 10, and we'll read from verse 30. So then Jesus starts to tell a story. And he says, reading from verse 30, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, Levi, being a lawyer, would have been used to these sort of cases coming before the judge. Thieves and robbers and, you know. This man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. You know, I think we can see all ourselves there sometimes. Jerusalem was a city of God, and Jericho was a picture of the world. And so often, when we start out in life, we're traveling away from God, and we're traveling out into the world. As parents, we're trying to shelter our children as they grow up from getting hurt by the world. We're trying to protect them. We're trying to advise them. But sometimes they, too, are heading in a direction as they grow up, all of us are, until we find the Lord in a way that is away from God and out into the world. And we know, those of us who have been that way, that in the world, yes, we have tribulation, and there's not that many friends in the world. There's plenty of people that feign being a friend, a real friend, but when the chips are down and the times get tough, then we find that there's not as many friends around as we thought we had. Is that right? Am I speaking to anyone here? Has this been your experience? Sometimes young people, they want to get away from their parents. They want to get out of the control of their parents and the safety of the home. They want to step out in life. Yes. 
That's what I was like one day, going my own way. I'm old enough to please myself. I remember when I was 17, and I wanted to buy a motorbike, and my parents didn't want me to buy one. And I said, I'm old enough to please myself. I thought I was a man. I don't think I was. So I got a loan from my boss and bought a motorbike. Within a week, I'd hit a car head on. Spent a year off work, three months in hospital, 10 days in intensive care, and I've still got some serious scars to show for it that I carry with me all through life. So here's a man, here's a man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, he got, he got beaten basically, robbed, left half dead. Verse 31, now by chance, this is Jesus telling the story, by chance a certain priest, hmm, that's good, a priest came down the road, that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked. He looked on him, the Levite did. The priest passed on the other side, the Levite looked on him. But he also passed on the other side of the road. Funny when he's telling the story to who I call Levi, the lawyer, this Levite. Okay, but, verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, when he came where he was, to where he was, and when he saw him... He had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn called Excite Christian Center. <coughs> Sorry, what's so funny about that? What translation? This is, this is the message. No, that's no, amplified this, right? Now, you, now you've made me lose my place. And took good care of him. Verse 35, you're with me. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever you spend more, boy, that's an open-ended check, when I come again, I will repay you. And then Jesus says to the lawyer, he says, or to all the people there, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Remember, Levi says, well, who's my neighbor? And he tells him the story, and he says, well, Levi, you're a bright spark. You're very intelligent. Who do you think his neighbor was? You know, you can just see it, you know, just a very simple story. <laughs> Glory be. There was three people here. There was a priest, probably heading up to Jerusalem. He's probably done the offerings and done all the washings. No way this guy looked as though he was dead. He wasn't going near him. He's straight on up, going up to Jerusalem, you know. <laughs> so that wasn't much help, was it? This religious, uh, you know, religion doesn't help people in the world, you know? You know, one of the reasons probably, probably, possibly, why there's not more people in church is because of religion. People don't like hypocrites and people that have a name for one thing and do the opposite through the week. But they go to the church on Sunday and they're all holier than thou, you know? Like this priest, done the washings, got it all right. Yeah, you know, they, that's how the world feel about people that are religious without life in them. This priest. But then there was a Levite. Now, he knew all about the law. He was a bit like this lawyer, you know. And he came along and he looked at him, but he couldn't really help him. You know, the law can't help us. Half dead? It's like when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
God said in that day you'll surely die. What died? They still had physical life. Their soul was still alive, but their spirit, and God's a spirit, and the fellowship they had with God was marred, was cut off. There was something in them that died that day. And so people that are under the law can't be helped by the law. The law leaves us condemned. It leaves us judged. This Levite came along and he, he looked on him, but love to help you, bro. But I just haven't got what it takes. The law won't help you. The law won't help you. You try and keep it. See, that's, that's what Levi thought. What can I do that I might inherit eternal life? What, come on, Pastor Paul. What, what can I do, you know? You can't do nothing. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, through the week, 24-7. Everyone you meet, whether it's down the road in your business, in your business dealings, whatever it is, you, you value them. You love them just like you love yourself. Oh, I've got a good car, you know. Really knocked them down, you know. I got he wanted ten thousand, but I got it for four. You know? Yeah, what a bargain. You might think you're winning, but God says He loves a just balance. Wow. The Lord loves a win-win. Hallelujah. But there was a Samaritan, a despised person. How often is it that the lowly, the ones that we, uh, we, we don't think a lot of maybe, or maybe they're not really gifted like Levi was as a lawyer, but yet it's those people that come alongside people and help them. God has chosen the poor things of this world to confound the mighty, the base things. That's how I got in. I wasn't that bright. I wasn't a natural-born speaker. But I've been impacted by the love of God. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I've got something to share with others. It's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? Are you aimlessly just wandering through life? One day to the next. Not sure what it's all about. When Jesus was here, he was on a mission. And I want to suggest to you that you're on a mission in life to reach out to your neighbors. Jesus was like that. He said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was on a mission. He knew why he was here. When he was 12 years old, he said, I must be about my father's business. Why are you here this morning? I want to suggest to you that you are on a mission. God has impacted your life and he's turned you around and he's sending you out on a mission to reach your neighbors so that you might love your neighbors as yourself. We're ambassadors of heaven, the Bible says. We have the resources of heaven. We have an open heaven over us. There's an open heaven over my business, over my family, over my children. Over my life, God, my heavenly dad, he never shuts the door to me. I don't need to pray for him to open heaven. I don't need to sing songs that repeat over and over, open heaven. Why are you such a terrible dad? Can't you open heaven? Can't you give us some blessings? He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's waiting for us to realize how blessed we really are and that he has given us all blessings to go out to our neighbors. 
And His grace has brought salvation to us, but it's not something to be hogged by us. It's something to be shared with others. The Bible says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that in denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. It transforms us, does the grace of God. So in this Good Samaritan, we see a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But we also see a picture of ourselves in Christ. We are that Good Samaritan. It's the Christ in us that wants to do good to others. If we're recipients of his grace and his blessing, suddenly something changes in us on the inside and we're empowered to reach out to others. By the way, I haven't told you the title of the message yet. This month is Outward Focus, and I've titled the message, Your Neighbor Needs You. Your neighbor needs you. Yeah? And I've got three points, just to make it really simple, because I'm quite simple. I'm not like Levi, the lawyer. But I'm not that simple. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, on the other hand. And I have the Son of God in me, and I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within. There's a well of water springing up. So I'm not going to put the Christ in me down. I'm actually quite intelligent when I look at Jesus. <laughs> I just feel I just got saved then. <laughs> Praise God. I always knew the message was for me before I preach it, you know. If I can come to church and get saved all over, hey, we'll look at that doctrine. That's bad. Right. The first point, good neighbors. Good neighbors, point number one, build bridges. Yeah? Good neighbors, build bridges. That's what we do as a church. Eleven years ago, we saw the state of things in Kerry Kerry. We realized that People were not keen to come to church. We wanted to build a bridge to our community. We did many, many different events, right, from doing youth balls to lady pamper nights to buying a dozen motorbikes and putting a motorbike trip in and calling it stripping and calling it 3D Extreme. What else? Impact North, Northland doing Christmas productions. The reason why we did that was to reach our community. We didn't do it. We did it to build a bridge. We didn't do it to hit somebody over the head with the Bible. And it's been very successful. When we build relationship with people and with a community, they then want to walk back over the bridge with us. If we can walk over the bridge to the world, you see the priest, he was holier than thou, and he wanted to separate himself completely away. You know, there's Christians or so-called Christians that are so separate from the world They're just not much use, really. It's almost like they're hiding their light under a bushel. But your neighbor needs you, and a good neighbor will build bridges. What are you doing to build a bridge to your neighbor? What are you doing to build a bridge to the person that you go to work with, the person at the gym, the person in the squash club, the person at the tennis court, the person in the rugby club? What are you doing? Or when you buy a car or do something like that, what are you doing to build a bridge to that person? 
Yeah? Everyone we meet every day, because we're on a mission, is an opportunity to sow something good into their lives. Jesus built a bridge all the way from uh, our Heavenly Father right to us. What a distance he traveled. You know, when I was reading my notes, I had to cross the word out because, you know, uh, predictive texting. I put down that he came from eternity. Eternity. When I read it, it said he came from eternity. But mind you, he, he, what a way he came. He was born, you know, giving birth is so messy. And the Lord chose, well, I, I, I've been, I, I, I'm not going to go into details, but the Lord chose to come that way. The Lord, the King of glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords. <clears throat> Goodness me, what a, what a long way. That's messy stuff. He came from eternity. How far did he go all the way? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He went and gave his life. Even the way he was born was one thing, and the way he went out was another. How far he's gone, eh? It's a long way. He did that to redeem us. We're redeemed with the precious shared blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're brought back from selfishness. See, it's his love that wins our hearts. We're singing, your love leads my heart to praise. Boy, it's powerful. I feel it when I'm worshiping on a Sunday morning. Waves of the love of God. It's one thing to know, be like Levi the lawyer and know that God loves me. It's another thing to feel it and experience his love. That's when you really know it. Hallelujah. Bridges are very, very important. You know, when we're in, Chloe and I were in Tanzania just the other week, about 10 days ago, uh, she told last week how that we went into the slum area. But before we did, we prayed in the church for half an hour or so, got some music going. We waited on the Lord. And because uh, we knew it was going to be a, a great time, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a risk, but not too risky when the angels are encamping around about you. More of a risk to the enemy than it was to us. But we prayed up and we looked to the Lord for words. One of the words I got was bridge. Good neighbors build bridges. So they said the people that were used to going out there, bridge. Well, we only know of one bridge. That's where we're heading. So we headed to the bridge. And that opened a way to actually meet some different people, especially one woman whose husband had been sleeping around and uh, was not going to church with her. And she was really troubled about this. Can you imagine how she'd feel? This poor woman. Not only has she got a mud hut, whenever it rains, there's great big clumps fall out the wall and then they have to patch it back up again with sticks and mud. But she's got this happening with a marriage. Married someone. And can you, can you really imagine how she feels with it? But we got to meet this woman and pray with her. And then we found out her husband was at home and we got to go in the house and spend half an hour. And we led him to the Lord and we prayed blessing over their marriage, you know. It was all over that bridge. Good neighbors build bridges. The Lord has come from eternity all the way. He is that good Samaritan that came to where we were. He didn't stand up there like a Levite or like a lawyer and say, well, you guys have sinned, so you better get your act together, otherwise you're not coming in here. Because <laughs> we wouldn't have much chance. Sometimes we're a bit like that with our kids, aren't we? Get back in your room or out, you know. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> we were led across a bridge. But you know, a bridge can be destroyed really quickly. One explosion, blow the bridge up. 
Do you know you can destroy a bridge you're building with someone so easily, and yet it's so hard sometimes to build the bridge, isn't it? It's just a thought. Just a thought. See, I'm just relying on the Holy Spirit telling you something as I talk away up here, you know? So good neighbors build bridges. Number two, good neighbors value others. Your neighbor needs you, and your neighbor wants to be valued. And our children want to be valued. If you value your children, it's most important that you value your children. This is very current with me because I had someone in my family ring up last night. Strangely enough, my parents had suggested that they ring me. And they got a child that's going through teenage years and going astray. And I was able to encourage that person in our family. We've got eight people, so I won't go into details, so we're pretty safe. Eight in our family, eight children. But I was able to encourage them that the most important thing that they do is keep the relationship or build a relationship with their, uh, with their daughter. You know, rather than just laying down the law and making these rules and in our house, this is how we're going. You know, it's so important to build the bridge. You know, there's a time when the children are young, yes, to put the boundaries there. But as they grow up, we've got to start letting them make some decisions for themselves. And we've got to become a mentor. And we've got to speak above them, regardless if they're living down here. And we've got to have a high expectancy, but it's a relationship that we have together that pulls them through. I enjoy the relationship that I got with my children. I would hope that it's getting stronger every day. You know, I'm walking through life with them. Sometimes I've failed as a father. Sometimes it would almost seem that the bridge sometimes is destroyed. But we've got to work on the bridge. Good neighbors build bridges, but it starts at home in our own houses. And sometimes, strangely enough, that's where we struggle a little bit. We've got to build bridges. Even as they grow up older, they're going to get married. We don't have to pick the partner for them, for life. We just trust. And then they're going to have children. They're going to go through many experiences that we've been through in life. And we need to be there in our relationship with them. But what about our community out there? We've got a community that's hurting, that needs hope, that needs a reason to live. So many suicides out there in Northland. There's people in need, and we, we, we need to be a good neighbor to them. Good neighbors value others. Good neighbors not only build bridges, but they value others, especially those that are around them. And then the Samaritan, he comes along. But you know what the good thing is? What did he do? He poured in oil into the wounds and wine. It never said he went off to the supermarket, looked it down and, uh, oh, yes, uh, we might need some bandages, a bit of salve, ointment. What do we need? Pour in a bit of whiskey. You know, it, he didn't have to run away and uh, work it all out. He actually was equipped. The Samaritan was equipped. He had it on him. Do you know that you're equipped as a missionary to your community to be a good neighbor because the Holy Spirit, the oil, is within you? If you're a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. There's a well within you, 
in this temple, in this earthen vessel, that if only you open the doors, it can flow out. The water of life can flow out to the world around us. The Holy Spirit and the oil. Wow, I want to tell you, if you're a believer, you're one of the most joyful people in this place. Eh? The wine, sorry. The wine. Wine wine speaks of joy. You've got the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A merry heart is good like a medicine. You're carrying medicine with you as you walk through life. Glory to God. I was a bit surprised this morning not that everyone wasn't up here dancing around, you know. The invitation was given. I was almost expecting that. Remember, from the oldest to the youngest, it would have happened. That the older ones who knew the Lord more would have been the first to lead the way. So often it's the, it's the teenagers and the young people that are up here dancing around, and I'm only, you know, 17 myself. <laughs> wine is a wonderful thing. I'm glad my Lord turned water into wine. Wine speaks of joy. Don't drink too much, though. It says in the Bible that it'll mock you. Wine's a mocker. Believers in Jesus are self-controlled people, but they have a merry heart. And the Bible says, don't be filled with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. But it says, be drunk with the Spirit. Anyway, Samaritan, am I, am I keeping on task here? The Samaritan... He came along and he had the oil and the wine. And he poured it in. Good neighbors build bridges. Good neighbors value others. I didn't read the verse. I had a verse there. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, but in lowliness of mind, don't be like the proud peacock Levi, but in lowliness of mind, let each of us value others Better than themselves. Is that what you do? Yeah? Low mind. Jesus came down low. We follow him. He even washed the disciples' feet. Just after he said that the Father had given them all things, he got down and washed the disciples' feet. It's crazy. But it's the kingdom way. It's the kingdom way. But in lowliness of mind, let each value others better than themselves. Verse 4, let each of you look not only on his own interests. So often that's easy to look out for our own interests, even in a marriage. Boy, if Ruth only understood how I feel. It's been hard. It's been difficult. I get misunderstood. She doesn't do what I say and tell her to do. Goodness me, she should know I'm the head of the house. <laughs> Glory to God. What Jesus say in Ephesians 5? Husbands, love your wives. Lay down your life. Oh, goodness. Do I have to wash your feet? No, you've got to lay your life down for it. Whoa. She's awesome. She taught me a few things, Ruth did. <laughs> Don't only look on your own interests, but also on the interests of others. If it doesn't start at home, how do you expect it's going to start out there in the community? Good neighbors value others. You know, I was walking down, uh, speaking about the, uh, the wine and joy. I was walking down Kiri Kiri Street one day, happy as Larry, happy as Paul, sorry. I mean, happy as Jesus, I should say. Sorry, sorry. let's get this straight. Happy as Jesus. And uh, one person was coming the other way and said, 
What's up with you? Every time I see you, you're always so happy. Well, that's good. Praise God for that. Have you ever walked down the street and just watched people and looking down at their feet? I used to do that looking for money, eh, when I was a kid. <laughs> at the gala, you know, instead of enjoying the gala, I wonder if I can find five cents. <laughs> that's a businessman for you, eh? How miserable. Of all men, most miserable, I think, refers to that. Never mind. I'll get some prayer afterwards. <laughs> Hello. So we've had two points, eh? Good neighbours build bridges. Are you guys trying to rush me? Good neighbours uh, value others. The third point and last point is good neighbours go the extra mile. Now, we need here at Excite, we here at Excite are people that go the extra mile. I'm not going to use the word need or should. I don't want to put you under law, but I'm just going to declare it as it is. Here at Excite, we are a people who go the extra mile. Even in the pr prisons and with these presents and the angel tree, that's going the extra mile. I just love that this morning. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you as you uh, go in and do that. You're impacting lives. You're a missionary on a mission to reach those young children. That is so awesome. Good neighbors go the extra mile. We know that during the time of Christ in the, in the Roman Empire, when the Roman Emperor was in control, that the, uh, the Roman uh, soldier or the official could get a, one of the Jews to carry a burden or a load for one mile or a thousand paces. And uh, they could get them to do that for free. And they had to comply. There was a law that they had to comply. They could use anyone from the public or on the street to do that. And then they could go about their business and they would be free. So Jesus taught that although they had the right just to go one mile, he taught that they could actually choose to go further, that they could do two miles. And that's why it says in Matthew 5, 40 and 41, it says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with them too. Rather than doing just enough, just enough to get by. You see, here at Excite, we're Christians that want to go the extra mile. Jesus went the extra mile. He came all the way from the glory to reach us, to lift us. He gave his life. That's the King of kings and Lord of lords. The kingdom of God. Glory to God. That's awesome. So we're free in Christ, to go the extra mile, to give someone extra. Well, the Americans do it, don't they? Tipping at a restaurant or something. Give them another 10% on top. Just a thought. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile in forgiving others. Go the extra mile in uh, giving of your time, your energy, your possessions to help others, sharing what you have been given by God with others. And even serving others, like here on Sunday. Go the extra mile in service. Whatever the Lord's called you to, to do and whatever He's gifted you with as part of the body of Christ, go the extra mile. Do it as unto the Lord. Don't do it for me. Do it as unto the Lord. And in the community, we want to be people that are known here at Excite for going the extra mile. Outward focus. Your neighbor needs you. Jesus asks the, the lawyer asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus asks at the end of it, which one of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan was really neighbor? Which one are you? 
Are you the priest, the holy and thou person? Are you the Levite that's still under the law and you're trying hard to be a good Christian, but you seem to keep failing for some reason, but you just need to try more and you need to pray more? And is that you, the Levite? Or are you the Samaritan that's fully equipped with the Holy Spirit, with the joy of the Lord, and you're reaching out to your neighbors? Which one are you? Glory to God.